Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right, welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably a bunch of other things too, with people who love it. I am your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, the future, Justin, is off this week because I'm on uh, location. I have a, a pretty special episode. Um, shout out to RPM Casting for letting me record this in their casting studio in Atlanta. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers. Please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, Stitcher Premium, Spotify. Um, yeah, we're on all of them. All right, let's just jump to it. Our guest this week, this is an awesome one, y'all. It's a true veteran actor with some amazing credits under his belt and a slew of upcoming projects in the pipeline. His longevity in this business stems from his roots in the theater. He's a founding member of the renowned African-American theater company, Penumbra, Penumbra. Penumbra, Penumbra. Uh, which is in St. Paul, Minnesota. Currently, you can catch him as Martin Amari on The Righteous Gemstones, one of my favorite shows, by the way, uh, or as Mac on Greenleaf. There's just too many to, to call out right now. Um, if you don't recognize his name, you'll certainly recognize his face and his phenomenal acting chops. I'm very excited to talk with Greg Allen Williams. Hey, All right, dude. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to come here and, and chat with me. For sure. So um, we like to start this show uh, when we introduce our guests by finding out about you. Um, you could go go back as early as you want. I just want to know who you are, where you come from, how'd you get into this crazy business, and um, tell us as much as you want about yourself. Um, you know, um, I guess I'm from Iowa originally, Midwest, born and raised. My mother was an actress. Without a venue, you know what I mean, essentially. Sure. She, and and you know, she taught me. I mean, she wasn't a stage mom, but she sort of gave me the gift of the of the spoken word, you know, from around the time I was about three, you know, and stuff. And it was, um, you know, uh, and then you know, I realized I wasn't very good at math or science. So, about how old were you when when she was kind of showing you the roots? I was like three. Three. Like three. I mean, because it started with, you know, oral interpretation of prose and poetry. Okay. And that was sort of the grounding. And then in high school, um, it, you know, I was in, in on the forensics team. So oh, so you like speech was, and debate? Yeah, speech and debate, oral interp, dramatic interp. Those were my two events. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and so... Were you were you like a, a top dog in that? Yeah, life? I mean, I won a lot of trophies, yeah. you know, uh, in high school with oral interp and dramatic interp. And then on like Monday at the assembly, they'd have all the speech and debate kids come down to stand in front of the school. And, with their trophies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And we won more trophies in the football team. That's and awesome. I went to a football school. But you know what? <laughs> I mean, you look... You you look like you could have played football. Did you know you? what? I played football one year, my sophomore year of high school, recovered a fumble, ran the wrong way, and that's what caused me to join the debate team. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, this, this like, You ran thing. the wrong way. Yeah, I did. I did. I grabbed the ball, and I was I was going to be the hero of the game. And just running, you know. I mean, yeah. hey, you recovered the football. Hey, you know, yeah. but You, know. you guys still had the ball, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it was crazy. But yeah, but that was, you know, I, it was very, you know. And high school was in Iowa as mm -hmm. well? Yeah. And so I quit the football team and joined the debate team. And started doing the other thing. And did did you were there any uh, theater productions in high school or just debate? Uh, I didn't speech do and debate? my first play until I came out of the Marine Corps. Really, I was about twenty one years old, so I actually didn't do. And and my first play was maybe a year before Penumbra. What what was your first play? Um, oh gosh, what was it? I think it was Eden. It was it was a piece called Eden. Um, and then um, uh, a guy named Lou Bellamy, a theater professor at the University of Minnesota, founded uh, Penumbra. And I was playing with a band at the time called Flight Time, who later became The Time. So I was playing with Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam and those guys. Oh, wow. And had to make a decision between the band and the company because it was a rep company. So I had to be available for the entire season. So I had to make a choice between the band and, and the company. 
Wow. Yeah. And so you, you guys did theater in, in rep. That means like one week you do one one production and then the next you take the set down and put something else up. Well, it was, you know, we do the, the, the season was predetermined. So okay. if there were like four or five shows in the season, you had to be available for all of those shows because yeah. you were part of the company. So you were you're one of the core members of the company. So I couldn't do the band, you know, and, wow. and and the theater company as well. And I think the choice was right for me. See, I mean, yeah, you're you're an artist. So, OK. You you do the speech and debate in high school, and then you out of high school you you go to the Marines. Yeah, I went to college for a year and and wanted some adventure, so I joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> it was great. You're, I mean, it was great. I mean, it was really important for me. You know, I grew up without you know father in the house, and you know I needed self discipline, and they taught me. Self did you did you feel like while you were in the Marines? I mean, you have this amazing career like did you always know that you wanted to pursue theater or film or tell you know this stuff or was it something that just kind of you stumbled into because of this rep company and then it just the ball got rolling you know what? i was th i was thinking broadcast journalism okay you know what i mean when i was when i was in high school that's what i was sort of thinking i mean you and, have the you have you the know, voice for that and i did radio for for a time you know i matter of fact my secondary mls in the marine corps was you know radio information broadcast information? Oh wait, did I see you won a couple of Emmy awards for? Yeah, yeah. One of them was for voiceover, and the other one was actually for a production we did in Chicago when I was an actor in Chicago for the NBC affiliate. So it was a Chicago area Emmy that, wow. that I won there. That's um, cool. Do you still have them? Yeah, yeah. I got them. They, I got them. Are they home. like in the bathroom or are they on the no, fireplace? No, they're like on the buffet. They got it. Nice, nice. That's awesome. That is great. Yeah. I hey, I think you should be nominated for an Emmy for the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, thank you're you. awesome in that. Thank you, thank but, you. I'm looking forward to season two. I'm looking forward to it too. Like, that's a heck of a show. I love. I lo that's like right up my alley. Uh, that's my genre. I love. I love that kind of broad comedy and yeah. And those guys are are really funny. They're they're really and funny you're part of it. And I they're mean. great people. And yeah, it's a, and it's a great cast. Isn't that isn't that the best when you are on a production where everybody really enjoys what they're doing? Yes, you know, and everybody's kind. No one's me. mean. No one's mean. <laughs> and it's. I, like, I decided, uh, you know, I did a few um, Will Ferrell movies over the last ten years, and I just decided after working on those, I was like, these are the best people in the world. They really have the most fun doing what they do. I want to do this. You know, yeah. I just, I love, I love that group. Uh, and I, I think those two groups fall kind of intermingle. You know, I worked with Will Ferrell in old school yeah. and, and it was crazy because I was doing West Wing at the same time. Dang. And so the first ADs uh, on West Wing and, and the picture, they worked it out so I could wrap West Wing early that day and get over to the set of Pasadena. And I remember, you know, I had a single scene it was with Will Ferrell and then, I mean, he was nice, but what a funny cat. We couldn't hardly, the improv, and we couldn't hardly get to the scene. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you uh, you do the Marines, you do your first play, and then how does it snowball into, how do you co go from the Midwest to, I, did you go to Los Angeles after that, or New York? You know, or? the theater was really big in the Twin Cities, the St. Paul, Minneapolis. I mean, it's sure. huge. Yeah, it's yeah, huge. yeah. And at that time, also was industrial film and voiceover. So I was doing theater, so I started doing voiceover. Not not, not a lot of industrial at that point. Then um, I picked up a, a show in Chicago um, at Northlight, which was in Evanston at that yeah, which was in Evanston at that time. Now it's in Skokie. So I picked up a show. I, you know, I took a Greyhound bus down to Chicago. What does that mean? You picked up a show? I, I, a, a play. I was oh. cast in a play. So I went to Chicago to okay. audition for a show in Chicago. And so I got a gig in Chicago. And so while I was doing the gig in Chicago, I invited Chicago agents to come see me, got them comp tickets. So I got an agent in Chicago. Nice. And so then I commuted between Chicago and Minneapolis, you know what I mean, for maybe a year, year and a half. And that's where I picked up my first three features back to back, and my first series Baywatch. I, I have a story about your your series Baywatch uh, from the first time I met you. Um, I remember you came. You are, by the way, this man is a true hustler in the sense that he'll do whatever it takes to, you know, go in for the role or whatever. Um, you came in for a callback for a movie I was doing when I was in Shreveport. Yes, which. 
surprised the hell out of me that you were coming to Shreveport. I was like, oh my God, this man's amazing. And he's coming all the way to Shreveport for a, for a callback. And we were sitting in the callback and uh, you're, you're uh, doing your audition and the director stops and he goes, hey, wait a minute. I directed you on, on Baywatch. And you were like, oh yeah, hey, yeah, what's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> so one, one of the things you mentioned um, was that you got the show in Chicago and then you... Um, you invited a bunch of agents and sent them comp tickets and stuff. Is that something that someone taught you or do you do, were you like, Hey, common sense, I need an agent. Let's, let's do this thing. I'll invite and hopefully they'll come or, uh, or is that something that someone was like, no, you need to do this if you want to like get some traction. You know, I don't remember what the genesis of it was, but it occurred to me that, you know, um, I should let them come see that somebody else was paying me to do what I wanted them to get people to pay me to do. Yeah, you know what I mean, and I don't know where that came from. It probably came from somebody because most of my stuff, ninety nine percent of the stuff that's in my head, that's in my life, has come from somebody much smarter than me <laughs> that they shared with me. So it probably came from somebody. You wow. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that's amazing. So so doing the rounds in Chicago led to Baywatch. Yeah, I auditioned for Baywatch. In Chicago, videotape. Remember the cameras on our shoulders? Remember the VHS? Uh -huh. uh, I auditioned for two shows that day. One, they were replacing a character on Matlock, and, they, and then they had shot the Baywatch pilot, but they wanted to replace a character. So they were looking for another series regular. So I read for the same day for those shows, VHS tape. Wow. I had to put the tape in a FedEx envelope and send it. Never met the producers, and was actually in Atlanta doing, um, doing a play uh, in August, because I auditioned, I want to see, in April. So I'm, in, I'm in, in Atlanta doing a play in August, and I get a call from an agency. They want you in L.A. to do this series. Wow. So how many months later? Jeez. Oh, dude, you, you were done. You were like, I forgot all about I it. I didn't right? even remember the audition. So when they called Baywatch, <laughs> Baywatch, what's that? I said, well, you know, with Hasselhoff. I said, the Knight Rider? And, you know, and I have to be honest, you know, I was sort of disappointed because, you know, every, every actor wants their entree to Hollywood to be something dramatic and shit. <laughs> Yeah, but you got what, like ninety something episodes out of that. Yeah. I mean, that's... and I got to work on the beach for seven seasons. Well, again, with you know, Hasselhoff is a wonderful guy, he's a nice guy. All of you are very nice. What a great work environment. What a great office. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, man. I mean, you know, there are a lot of sometimes people sort of want to denigrate. You know, sure. watching my participation. Look, you know, I made a couple of bucks. Yeah, had a great time. I Hell worked yeah. on the beach, and it was an American adventure show that I kind of I grew up watching. And I got to be honest with you, if you'd asked me, I would have said I would have never gotten a piece of anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and I did. So uh, it's like, yeah. Dude, I think it's amazing. <laughs> so, so what happens if, like, when you are, uh, was that the 90s? Was that in the 90s? No, um, yeah, that was, uh, no, matter of fact, it was 1989. Do they, do they move you there? Or did you have to, like, figure out, like, okay, I, now I live in Los Angeles. I need to. No, they, yeah, they, they take care of all of that. We were doing the show. Matter of fact, Harry J. Lennox and I was, was the meeting. We were producing the show as well. So we brought in an understudy. And Zoom, you know, off off I went, and yeah, they take care of you. Know, they pay you a moving allowance and all that sort of thing. And how many years were you on Baywatch? Uh like seven seasons of Baywatch, I think, and one season of Baywatch Nights. Dang! Yeah. Do you still get those Baywatch residual checks? Absolutely, just got some. Nice. The gift that keeps on giving. That's uh, <laughs> mailbox money. Yeah, and and you know, it's all over the world, so you know, you get, you get a little bit. Of oh that my too. gosh! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, you see, like actors. You you uh, classically trained actors, you know, don't poo poo Baywatch. <laughs> no, because you're gonna that'll keep you afloat and keep you going for right. a long, long time. And it also gives you some independence because you know when you do a project and you're getting residuals, then you can go and do the play you want to do. Right. You know, then you can step away. Yeah. You know, and and go do a show and still you know, make for your a couple of months insurance. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and that's how it's been for me. Is that you know television and film has really get you know given me the freedom to, to do other stuff. That's amazing. So what what's uh so now we're here and you're in Atlanta. You live in Atlanta, right? Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. Wow. Had had you like when we met back? I, it had to be like fifteen years ago. Yeah. So you had been here about five years, kind of like right. doing the thing here, and and mm -hmm. and it wasn't as 
crazy busy well, th here. There wasn't anything here. I, I mean, I came here on sabbatical. I came here to teach at a Head Start program in Macon. So, you know, I, I had finished Baywatch. I had finished Baywatch Nights, in fact. And I had written a couple of books. And so I was doing a lot of speaking around. And I met some people in Georgia who were doing some interesting things with, with underprivileged kids and, you know, poor families and that sort of thing. And, and I worked with them for a couple of years. Wow. So when I got back in the mix, um, I realized that my wife worked for uh, United. And I could fly free. I had never flown on her. It never occurred to me. And we were getting ready to move back to L.A. And she said to me, you know, you fly free. And we had a house out in the woods and we had a couple of kids and we had some land. And I was like, so I commuted. Yeah. So when I met you, you know. I mean, you were coming to Shreveport. Right. That That's yeah. crazy. But I was able to fly to Shreveport because I could also fly the discount on Delta. So, see, I was able to get on a plane for $20. That's the best. And, or drive if necessary. You know? And um, how how did you, outside of like getting the free flights and everything, how did you come to, you know, make this re-entrance? Was it, what, did you just like recognize that things were being shot in the, or did you keep up with like tax incentive states or anything like that? Not at all. I mean, because when I, when I was here, I mean, things didn't really start popping until around 07, 08. Right. So for years, I commuted out of L.A. and New York to go to work to audition, right. in fact. And, you know, then what happened, I'd go to L.A. and somebody would whisper, well, you know, they're shooting in Atlanta. Of course, nobody knew I lived in Atlanta. So I'd be like, Atlanta? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, next, next thing I know, you know, I'm, I'm working close to home. And I'm able to make more Little League games. And, yeah. Do you think living in Atlanta um, with the amount of television series and the and the work that you're getting to do, do you think that's been a benefit for you as an actor, like to, like in a producer's eyes? Like, wow, he, he act, this is a great actor who actually lives in Atlanta. Let's hire him over, you know, maybe someone we're thinking about flying in from L.A. or New York. I don't. I don't think it's been an advantage at all because I think there are so many stereotypes about the South. Right. And no one's ever, you know, no one's ever going to Yale drama and said, look, I'm going to go to Atlanta and start my right. acting career. I'm going to go to New Orleans and start an acting right. career. And so I think a lot of times, you know, sometimes LA folks can be really arrogant. I know. You know what I mean? And so they come here, they're sort of like, eh. We're trying to break that. Yeah. And, and, we, and we absolutely are. Well, look, I, I know, I know that there are some producers and casting folks out there that do listen to this show now um and you all should know that there are some phenomenal actors who used to live in la who live in this area now because yeah. hey it's it's uh like I, I am amazed by atlanta i've been here for three days and like it, it's la like yeah. we're in la yeah. it's crazy Absolutely. this is a huge the, the amount of work right yeah and there are actors who used to live in la and actors who've always lived in in the southeast you know what i mean in louisiana mm -hmm. and the carolinas and that are absolutely on point because you know i've yeah. been teaching for about 10 years yeah so i mean i've run across these Which, actors and worked with these actors and wow yeah i i mean i i am a huge proponent of the regional talent you know i i i'm all about like giving people their shot. I, I love that. And you know, and that's what I say to actors. That's what I say to actors who are based in the Southeast. I say these, a lot of these casting directors have come up just like you yeah. in the region and they want you to win. Sure. You know what I mean? And they understand that over the course of years, you haven't had the opportunity to yeah. build the kind of resume that someone might build in LA because there hasn't been that quantity of work. So they understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. understand, so they're willing to give you a shot. Yeah, yeah I, I think um, we're starting to see more and more uh, people able to take those bigger swings, you know, for for bigger roles, um, which is nice. I, I'm doing this project right now, and, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to cast the, the fourth lead mm -hmm. regional, you know, and it's a really nice role. Like, they're watching all the tapes, you know, they're, mm -hmm. we're going to have a callback next week, and... It's just really nice to see that there is an interest outside of just saving money, you know. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because I don't think they'll save any money, you know. You right. know? <laughs> Honestly, um, if you know, like I, I, I tell the producers, I'm like, look, if you hire, if you hire them from Atlanta to come to New Orleans, it's basically the same thing yes. as hiring from Los Angeles, you right. know. And you have all these people here that are that are great. You have thousands of good actors here. Yes. Yeah. Three, two, one.
Hey, Justin, you there? Yes. Hey, whenever uh, you're searching for podcasts, don't you feel like sometimes you're like kind of all over the place? Because they're everywhere. They are everywhere. Yeah. Well, here's a thing that exists, and our show is on it. It's called Stitcher, right? And you can get Stitcher Premium, and it'll organize all your podcasts into one spot. So if you're looking for an app to access all your favorite podcasts in one place, shows like WTF, Conan O'Brien, Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, or Talking Like Normal People, huh. why not try Stitcher Premium? All you got to do is go to stitcher.com backslash premium. Use the promo code normal people for one month free. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yes. So why not try it out? Support our show. Thanks, y'all. Um, okay. So... I know that you you are a busy actor, um, and you stay like. Are you just working all the time? I I mean, I saw Oprah talk about you, you know, when talking about Greenleaf. I was like, okay, he's made it. Oprah Oprah <laughs> mentioned his name and talked about him for like ten minutes in an interview. I'm like, geez, this guy this guy is like doing the thing. I mean, do you see stuff like that? Does that make you feel good, or you just take it with a grain of salt? I'm always grateful when when people believe because that's that's the bottom line do they believe i am who i'm pretending to be that's it there's nothing else brother so you know i i'm always grateful and someone like oprah winfrey she's involved in a lot of stuff she's you know got her hands in a lot of uh, pies you know what i mean it's that you know that's certainly a, a complimentary thing but you know it's uh, yesterday's scores won't win today's ball games so you know every time you come out man you 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 endeavor to be you know believed and i'm a character actor so i'm sort of a shapeshifter a little bit you know yeah. what i mean and that sort of thing and and i'm i'm happy i'm really proud of that i'm excited yeah. about it cuz i get to work a lot i mean on the righteous gemstones you what's your you have an accent yeah i play a kenyan yeah, that's amazing. Are you like an accent guy, or is that and not not particularly? But one thing I recommend to all actors is that they should have a sense of the accents that would be in their cultural or ethnic wheelhouse. Sure, right. So an African American actor, for example, you want to have West Indian in your wheelhouse. You want to have East African and West African in your wheelhouse. And I, what I say to them is, you go to an audition, and okay, they want West African. You happen to be fairly adept at an East African. Do the East African, but preface it by saying, look. I know you want West African. I'm going to give you East African. But they know if you can do East, you can do West. You know what I mean? So yeah. have some of those things sure. in the wheelhouse that fit your stereotype. Yeah. I, I just I did a the project before the one I'm doing. Uh, half of it's set in Delhi, India. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so, you know, we're casting Indian actors. And I would get some tapes. Like the stuff that's in, in, in India should have an accent. Right. It's in English, but it should have an accent. And I would get all you have to do is read the the header of the scene and see, you know, this takes place in Delhi. This is, you know, a Delhi Indian family. And actors would send me auditions without the accent. And I don't wanna I don't wanna assume that you can do an accent. Um, so you know, I think if there's a question and you really want the role, I would probably do a take with, do a take without, and just send them both, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the two headshot days. Back in the day, you could only afford two headshots because it was all shot on film. Yeah. And, and headshots cost an arm and a leg. And these days, because of digital, it, you can do so much more. Oh, my God. You know, God. with the self-tape. I mean, because you if, if you got to spend six hours putting it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can get it right. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? So there's no excuse you should for not being on point. The best self-tape ever. <laughs> like, you have all the control in the world. Yes. You get it. You I know. Do you? Do you? I mean, being such a, a seasoned actor, you still audition a lot? Or are you get some offers? Or? You know, I, I think it's it probably you know 40 percent offer nice. you know 60 percent audition you nice. know now people just you know say sometimes hey you want to come out and play do you get do you get sick of taping auditions are you like ah, another one you know I, you... I don't get sick of them but so, but you, you know but like any audition they can be uh intrusive you know because yeah you're gonna you're gonna go go to the walmart but then an audition comes <laughs> in and now you gotta rearrange oh your my thing god to get it but you know what that's what we do yeah. I mean, if I've had, you know, 200 jobs, I've had 2,000 auditions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. That's yeah. part of the thing. Yeah. And auditioning makes us better. So, yeah. yeah. That's uh, There's an, another episode of this show with Judd Lorman, and he talks about that, 
you know, like he finally, after 10 years, got a series regular. He's on SEAL, SEAL team. Um, and he booked it through the Southeast, mm-hmm. through me. Um, but he's a numbers guy and he that's that was his thing. He like that's how he set out in the beginning. He was like, okay, I know that if I get, you know, after a couple of years, if I get 30 auditions, I don't remember what the ex- mm-hmm. exact number was. If I get 30 auditions, I'm going to book one mm-hmm. or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I need, I need to have uh, 20 jobs in a year, uh, at least a day. So I need my agent to get me, you know, mm-hmm. 300 auditions right. or whatever the number right. is. Um, and then he like figured out that math, how many auditions it, it would potentially take him to finally, and, and quality mm-hmm. to land a series regular. And it freaking worked for sure. him. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what he tells me. Um, I think it was pretty cool. So, okay. Before we get into like acting and and how you do it and what you do, what, what's just a regular day like for you outside of like needing to run to Walmart and then getting an intrusive audition? <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, you know, I, I sort of live in the country. Nice. You know, so, you know, and I've got kids and I've got grandkids, you know, I've got, I still have two kids in high school, you know, but I have grown kids, so I've got grandkids and like, you know, for the Thanksgiving holiday, you know, there were kids and grandkids, so, you know, running I'm, around I'm, everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean, so I had to get another high chair for the third grandkid, and you know what I mean, and, you know what I mean, so, you know, I started cooking. Nice. You know, I started cooking and I got all my pots hanging in my kitchen like a cooking show. Maybe that's what's really in the back of my head. You, you know? want to know? I mean, hey, any producers sort of out a, there? A cooking show, you know, for a good you know, host. Yeah, for a guy in his early 60s, you know, who has no. always wanted to cook. Yeah, yeah. You're not in your early. You're yeah, like, I'm at 63. This dude looks great. <laughs> he looks <laughs> great. And so, you know, I do that and, and um, you know, I fly airplanes. You know, I've been a really? Pilot. I've been a pilot for. For many years, so you know, fly occasionally. That's amazing stuff. So you, you, your wife works for the airline still. Well, that was the ex-wife. I'm single now. It's okay. She's a wonderful person. (laughs) She's a wonderful person. Shout out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and then you fly planes. That's cool. Did you just like learn on like the little like prop planes kind of thing? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a single engine land guy. You know. Do you have a plane? No. I have I mean, a boat. I didn't know if you were making that kind of money. No, no, <laughs> no. But I have a boat. You know, I've got, I've got a little boat I can sleep on and cook on and really? shower on. And, you know, it's up on Lake Lanier. And so, you know, in, in, in the fall, in the summer, in the spring. You spend most out, of your days spend, there? Yeah, go out there, spend a couple of days, man. That's Stock awesome. Up. Yeah. You go, you you bring others with you or you just, that's like oh, your yeah, retreat? You know, my, you know, my lady and I, you know, we'll go up, you know. Uh, the grandkid, the grandkids up, you know, kids go up, you know, working with some of my older boys on, you know, operating the boat and that sort of thing, you know, Sweet. so they'll go up and, and tube and whatnot. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. It is. I love it. It is. Okay. So the name of our show is Talking Like Normal People. Um, we, you know, I am often looking for actors to just, you know, be grounded and in the moment and genuine and you know just say it like a normal person right Mm -hmm. how do you talk like a normal person how do you do you subscribe to any methods in your acting or is it is it just something that comes natural to you and you don't really have to think about it so much anymore yeah i mean it's it's you know we we're asked to portray life as it's lived on earth you know so how do people function on earth i mean we think often think of acting as something Elevated. Elevated. And, and that, you know, is from the theater. But for for camera, it's very much how people function, mm-hmm. how people talk and how people interact, you know, sex, drugs, and R&B. You know, if we're, if we're adults, we know something about all of that. You know, that's why I love working with, you know, adult actors, you know, because they, 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 they've lived. And so, you know, if they're able to tap into the signature of their experience, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and bring that to bear and have, and with some courage then yeah i mean at this point in my career um 
you know, I'll take on a role. I'm looking for similarities between the signature of my experience and the character's experience. I'm also looking to see, you know, where there are differences. So if I need to do some research and, and, and inquire, you know, about, you know, what, what's this kind of situation, sure. you know, then that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to do my, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my homework. But one of the most important things, I'm going to read everything that comes to me. I'm going to read the sides. I'm going to read the breakdown. I'm going to, you know, go and look for um, any articles that may have been written about, you know, the, the director that they brought on or who the other actors are on the project, sure. what that director has done, that sort of thing. You know, I mean, if you're going to go interview with Apple, you're going to find out as much as you can about the company. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so. I have this whole thing in my head that it may be better to understand and to be understood, which is what St. Francis told us. And actors always want to be understood. Don't you understand how good I am? Don't you understand how passionate I am? Don't you understand how badly I want this? Okay, maybe if I put more energy into understanding what it is I can bring to this project, what this project wants, what it needs, and what it's clearly stating, because you know better than I, but most of the time, it's very clearly stated because a script, first of all, has to be understood by an audience. Yeah. So it's not like there are all these hidden things. You know, <laughs> it's like actors who make copious notes. Like they said, yeah. you know, you'll say, you know, the character will say, Joan, I'm angry with you. And, and the <laughs> actor will write, he's angry. He's adamant. He's incensed. I'm like, dude, it's it. He ain't. Okay, you know what I mean? What, what are all the notes for? You know, reading between the lines. What's the rule? What's the true meaning here? Ah. So that's not your thing. <laughs> that's not that's my not thing. your thing. I'm I'm looking, I'm reading what's on the page. I'm looking to understand what the relationship is between my character and the other characters in the scene. And then sometimes, Ryan why that character is included in the story. Yeah. Because, you know, from a producer's, from a director, from a writer's perspective, why is that character there? And I think this is really important for people early in their careers who yeah. are doing a lot of day player stuff. Because, you know, you get a role and, and there's sort of been, you know, this, this, this desert, you know, this barrenness, and you get this role, and now's a chance to prove to my mom and my wife and the neighbors that I haven't wasted this money on these acting classes, and so I'm really going to, but you look at, well, wait a minute, why is this character here? Well, this character is a supporting character, it's here to support the leads. Oh, wait a minute. This character is here for the purpose of exposition. Yeah. This character is here simply for the purpose yeah. of letting the audience in on the story and giving them more information. Exactly. And, and so then that'll help me as an actor stay in my professional lane yep. in the project. Again, endeavoring to understand as opposed to being understood. Know when you're forwarding the plot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that is... It, all that to say, um, there are only so many ways you can say, may I take your order? Right. You know? And the terror is, and, and actors will say this to me, say, Greg Allen, the line is, they went that way. And so it's like, but everybody's going to be auditioning for this. And, <laughs> and, and my agent told me, I have to make myself stand up. So, so now you've got people saying, they went that way. And some say... Hey, what happened? You know what I mean? And it's like, look, dude, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Or something like that. It's a crapshoot. And then on top of that, it's a visual medium. So it's not nearly yeah. so much of how you say the line, but look, this is a tapestry, man, of colors and textures. And so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that guy over there is the, just the texture we're looking for. I recently directed, you know, a feature in Oklahoma. Awesome. And so, yeah, man, it was, it was a great opportunity. And so I'm casting. And I'm understanding better than I've ever understood before. Yeah. You know, just this whole thing. There was a moment in a film where a black character is confronted by a cop. And it has nothing to do with race or anything like that. And so I said, you know what? The producers are saying, you know, all the guys that were auditioning were, were Caucasian guys. And I said, no, 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 no. We're in Oklahoma. Let's see if we can find a Native American, a First Nations. Because then we, because if you do a white cop now, wherever you are on that issue, as an audience member, you bring that with you in that moment. Oh, oh here comes the white cop to mess with the brain, right. or whatever it is. And so, not wanting to bring that into that moment in the film, I said, if we find a First Nations actor to play this role, that's good. Now. We cannot, most of the time, not yet deal with that specter at all. Sure. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this is what 
you do, Ryan. <laughs> this is what you do. This is what your collaborators, the producers and directors, this is this is why we didn't book this role. Exactly. Simply because there's things, and yeah. I've always known, you can never tell what's in a casting director's head. You don't know what transpired in a meeting or over exactly. a beer the night before. So you stay out of that stuff. Yeah. And leave that alone. You, you do, do everything you that can. you have within yes. your power yes. to do. Exactly. That yeah. I mean, you yeah. get it. You see, mm -hmm. you get it. <laughs> um, are there? So you have been doing this for quite some time. Were there, have there been any like crazy challenges as an actor that you've had to overcome? Um, not necessarily personal things, but like things that have have happened along the way that have made, maybe made you want to stop doing this or uh, I mean I know you took a sabbatical for a while mm -hmm. but you know that's probably because I was able to because I came series. off a series <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, or, or has everything just been kind of like e even keel along the way you know I always say when you first arrive on set keep your mouth shut till you figure out who the assholes are and <laughs> Because and, and sometimes it might turn out to be you. And so I think the greatest challenges I've faced, whatever challenges I've faced, that had more to do with me. You know, and yeah. this and this whole notion of, because, you know, um, who, oh, someone, I think it was Shirley MacLaine or somebody who recently said that if you want to solve all the political problems in the country, just act like you're on a film set. Do like we do on a film set. Because you've got all of these people from all of these diverse backgrounds, people who would not normally mix, coming together to do these amazing things. You know what I mean? And that uh -huh. sort of thing. And I know when I've, you know, most of the time when I've, you know, been on set and there's been something weird that seemed to be going on, it was going on in my head. Sure. Oh, it was going on in my head. But because I keep my mouth shut, I didn't blurt out something or, or say something. I, you know, we're working on a project and the and director was a German director. And so I, they had fired another actor and they had brought me in to replace this actor after they had already shot like a couple of episodes. So I'm like, oh boy, you know what I mean? So then when I get the set, the director's like giving me these rudimentary, what appeared to be rudimentary notes. I had a huge scene, this huge monologue. There are about 10 actors in the scene. And he says, well, you know that you have to move to the same place every time you do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you have to talk to the same actor on the same lines. And, you, and I'm like, you're figuring out why the other guy got fired. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, dude. And I almost snapped on it. But what was really going on was this. It was his accent. You see, the only German people I know, I've met, what, through the cinema. And they're playing Nazis and all kinds of things. You understand? So in my head. So you were it, connecting with that. Right. So, so that's what's in my head. See, I got some racism in my head, dude. You understand? Yeah. And I'm hearing this accent, and so I'm 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 hearing an SS officer. You know what I mean? As opposed to the director of a film. But I kept my mouth shut. And over the course of the next couple of days, I realized he talked to everybody crazy, and he was <laughs> really a nice guy. But because I had this, you know, thing about just keeping my mouth shut until I figured things out, you know, there it was. You know yeah. what I mean? It was me. It wasn't him. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a that's actually good advice for for an actor. You just just you know wait it out a little bit. Listen, yeah, just shut up. Because you know, because we're so excited when we get the yeah. set, especially when we're new, first yeah. role, second role, third role. We want to tell everybody our life story. We want to talk to everybody. We want to be friends. Oh my god! Because do, 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 do just shut up yeah. and chill. Because the truth is, and the sad thing is, you know, well, not sad thing at all. But when you day play on the show. Look, they've been they've been working oh, here for weeks or years. Nobody's going to talk to you. You're just you're just there. You're a guest. They're gonna they're gonna treat you kindly, and then you're gone. Yeah. So you want you know they're buddy buddy with with every person that comes on a set. You know yeah. to to do a day. You'll probably sit by yourself at lunch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and often I'll do that. Even if I when I first start guesting on a show, I'll go. I won't. Just go to sit where the regulars are sitting. You know what I mean? I'll go and sit over there because, you know, this is their house. Yeah. I'm a guest in their house. Sure. So I'll let them have their space and, you know, boom. And then once you get to know people, then you kind of, you know, that that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Be, just be cool. Just, just chill. be cool. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you on the call sheet, you straight. <laughs> oh, man. So we, you, we talked a little bit earlier about... Um, 
the giant camera for your your tape that you made to send for Baywatch. Have you? Do you think you've like adapted pretty nicely to the technology of of the business? I mean, I mean I it's think crazy, right? I think I think the understanding I gained from booking Baywatch, and then I also booked in the line of fire. With a, with with a tape in the agent's office, essentially a self tape, right. years and years ago. So what I concluded was, I said, you know, because some actors are like, oh man, I gotta get in the room so they can feel me. Well, you know, the truth is, is that video is the medium in which we want to work. Right. So if you can make it happen there, yeah, you're still good because you can make it happen. I understand that certain things can happen in the room; they can talk to you, whatnot, whatnot. But I I'd almost rather self tape. Because when I go in the room, I don't want to talk to you. You know what? When I, there's a wonderful casting director. I got missing those days, but my God, I went into the audition one time and he talked to me for about 10 minutes before, worst audition I ever did. Because he, I was they out take of the zone. You out of it. I was out of the zone. So I kind of want to go in there, do my thing, bid you a good day, and, and get out. You know what I mean? That's what I, kind of what I want to do. So, you know, with the self tape, I, I, you know, I adapted. What's interesting is, is it took me a minute. I mean, I started out with, you know, the three light system. <laughs> yeah. Until I figured out that all I needed was one softbox right by the camera, higher than the camera. Boom. I didn't need it because I would spend an hour yeah. trying to adjust. Oh, man, I have. I just use natural light in my office. I got two giant windows. It's amazing. Boom. Exactly. Keep it simple. Yeah. They aren't casting me. Based on my technological yeah, exactly. expertise, I, and if my sound is good and and they can see me, and as a, as an actor of color, light is really important. You know, yeah. <laughs> so. You know, we get tapes sometimes from actors, uh, and they try to be the director. You know, oh. they they cut it together. Hmm. I back in the day, like when I first started doing this, I would get that a lot more. But people have have chilled out on that. I, I would I would get like sound effects and. All this stuff that it's just unnecessary. Like it, it actually takes away from what we need to see. Absolutely, you know. And and, and the self tape is a wonderful opportunity for an actor to be in isolation, for them to focus just on you. So when the scenes at the breakfast table, you know, and you shoot in your kitchen, and they're looking at your cabinets, and they're looking at your kitchen aids, you don't know why I have one of those, right? You know, so it's this wonderful opportunity. And then what I always say to actors is, what the casting director can't see won't hurt you. So for example, if, if the bottom of the frame is mid-chest and it is a breakfast scene, if the casting doesn't see the table, they don't need to see the table, they don't need to see the bowl, they don't need to see the spoon except when it comes to your mouth. Yeah. What they can't see won't hurt you. If you exactly. walk into a bar and to lean on a bar, stack a couple of boxes, lean. So the less acting you have to do, I, the less oh my God. you have to do, the easier it is for you to do your work. This is what I tell people all the time. I mean, create the environment and do you know do the stuff that you would do in the space. I don't look. I I like actors to do busy work and space work. I like them to use their hands. I like them to be typing on the computer. Yes. And looking at, you know, you do yes. the you do the actions and. Yes. It's going to make it more three dimensional, you know. Like it's, just it's, do the thing. It's you know? real. Yeah, it's real. It's exactly what, right. Yes, exactly. See, yeah. that's 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 another reason why you work all the time because <laughs> you get it. Yo, Justin. Yeah. Have you heard of WeAudition.com? That's a website. Yeah, it's a really cool website. It's this new innovative way to audition, self tape, and rehearse all online. Oh, no. Uh, my actor friend was telling me about that. He uses that. Really? Yes. Does he like it? I'll ask him. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He uses it. Awesome. <laughs> so look, these are the things that you can do on it. You can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly. That's pretty cool. You can audition and take general meetings on video chat. You can get career advice from industry professionals much like you get from this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, and this is the coolest part for actors. You can earn money for rehearsing with other actors. You could earn money too, Justin, for rehearsing with other actors. Why not? Because I do it all day, really. <laughs> um, so all you got to do is go to weaudition.com. And look, if you use the promo code TLNP25, you get 25% off. Talking like normal people, T-L-N-P, 25. Yep, 25% off. Wonderful. Awesome. Um, man, this is this has been awesome. So um, 
couple of standard questions that I that I like to ask. Um, do you feel successful? I do. I I, I feel very blessed. You Good. know, I mean, you should feel uh, hundred and like sixty eight uh, film and TV credits, y'all. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's just to do. You know, when you get to grow up to do, you know, kind of what you thought you might do. That's you know what I mean. Dude, that's you, I mean, you live you are living and have lived the dream. Yeah, and I don't have to work every day. Ah, so I can. You could go to the boathouse. I can go to the boat and <laughs> just do stuff and roll around with the grandkids and 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 you know, perhaps most importantly, is I can share that with other actors because that's why I teach. Yeah, you know, especially here in the southeast, you know, um, making that connection between the theoretical and then the practical of what we do, both the art and the business, and so that's the really neat thing. And you know, I've worked with some actors that I've taught. And yeah. every time I see an actor that I've taught who's on TV that I just or in the movies, dude, you, love it. you know where they come from. Yeah. You know, you know, they were, you know, working at the grocery store. I mean, how you gratifying know? is that? Oh, well, man. that's that's what I always say about Shreveport. So I, I got to Shreveport. There was no film anything in Shreveport. And, you know, we got we went there sort of out of necessity because of yes, Hurricane because Katrina. Of Katrina. Yeah. And we had like these giant open calls and people got involved by being extras and that sort of thing. And then, you know, come like two years later into it, there were people who all their lives, they worked in like mills and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff that maybe went to college for theater and just never had any opportunity. And now they're like members of the Screen Actors Guild and they're saying lines on camera. Like that was the most, like we, you know, we got to see it from the ground up. That was yeah. the best part of that whole experience yes. for me. Yes. And some street poor folks, Bill Stinchcomb. Oh my God. B-52 bar pilot. You can be, and this guy, you see him everywhere. Oh yeah. Dodie Brown. Dodie. Oh man. These are my people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are people, absolutely. Oh yeah. Man. Um. I yeah, I mean not not doesn't really pertain to this, but I became friends with a, a, quite a few B fifty two pilots when I I got to go on one and uh -huh. uh, do the fly as flight simulator. Sure. So, such yes. a cool experience. Yeah. Okay, um, what's the okay? Uh, is there anything that you would like for casting or producers to know about you that maybe they don't already know that you want them to know? Ooh, you know. I'll audition anytime. You know what I mean? Straight offer is always nice. But, you know. I you want a shot. I, yeah. And I, I want a shot. I, I'm, I'll read until I can't read no more. This man has been in everything under the sun, and he will still audition for you. Okay? All right. So um, this has been a freaking awesome talk. Is there anything that you want to ask me uh, on a, from a casting perspective? It Don't feel any pressure to ask any questions. Um, but if you do, I, I'm, I'm open to answering anything that you might want. In the Southeast now, okay, that we as a community of actors have grown and that sort of thing, what remains that we need to work on in the audition setting? What are you seeing that you're seeing too much of or not seeing enough of? I think, you know, oh, that's a good, that's a really good question. I think that I I do see people pushing a lot, you know, like, you know, just giving too much sometimes. I think just being comfortable, like just remaining comfortable with yourself and staying grounded in everything you do and just keeping it interesting yet real. Mm -hmm. um, as I, you know, I try to, especially with the day player roles, I try to rotate in new people, you know, give people a shot. Um, so like with those new people, I think that they need to take that to heart for sure. You know, a lot of the seasoned people, what I'm seeing is they're not like I'm get, I'm starting to get a lot of oh, he doesn't do co-star anymore. She doesn't do co-star anymore. Like only if it's a guest star, mm -hmm. which, okay. You might not work too often, but mm -hmm. if you're going to hold out for that, then that's what mm -hmm. you're going to, that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know. I just, there's, everybody's doing a good job. I think 
following my instructions that I give for self tapes um, is pretty important. Um, you know, giving us two different takes. Um, sometimes we'll get two takes that are exactly the same. Um, and that's okay. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you have, to, I'm probably only going to use one take mm -hmm. to send forward. So do something different on the second one, you know, try something. I mean, don't make it something that's going to turn us completely off where we're like, Oh no, <laughs> that what, how did they do that first thing? And mm -hmm. then, and then this, that's mm -hmm. way off base. Um, but I can always hide the other one and not right. show it, not, you know, and I'll, I'll understand, uh, especially if I know you, like if you're trying something out the box, mm -hmm. um, what else, you know, I think, I think I do like to see actors live, you know, mm -hmm. like I, uh, a lot of times, you know, maybe you don't have all the information that I know mm -hmm. and a, a redirect mm -hmm. would be beneficial to you. Um, so I think you should, if you have the opportunity, take the live audition. I, you know, I know here in Atlanta, maybe there's not as many live audition uh, possibilities. That's what I've heard from actors. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, when I'm casting, I I have live sessions for everything, mm -hmm. um, and I'm at all of them, um, except for one this past Monday, which Justin, my associate, <laughs> handled because I was here. Um, but I watch all the tapes. Mm -hmm. So if you have the opportunity to go in live, especially if you've never met the casting director, go in live. If you feel like you aren't getting that live request and you want to go in live, ask your agent if you can go in live, mm -hmm. you know? I think just kind of taking charge more of like what it is that you do and mm -hmm. what you can offer um, as opposed to like, like the, the whole audition thing is your time. So I want you to make the most of it. Right. You know, I don't want you to be petrified and like, you know, telling me you're sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, uh, that kind of stuff. Right. Just like come in the room and own it. Exactly. You know, that's, yes. that's a confident actor. I just mm -hmm. want to see confidence first and foremost, gotcha. you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question. Yes. But... Tremendously. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll be passing it off. <laughs> awesome. Well, any other questions? Good. Yeah. Well, this was amazing. Um, a couple of quick things. I want to thank um, our producer and engineer, Jason Edwards. He's going he's gonna, to um, put some stuff on this to make it sound better. Um, we have social media. Follow us at Talk Like Normal uh, on Instagram, at Talking Like Normal People, at Glorioso Casting. Jason Edwards TV at Full Grown Mouse at Justin TC underscore underscore. Do you do any social media stuff or are you? Oh, yeah, very no. little. No. All right. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen um, any of Greg Allen's shows, you are missing out. Check out The Righteous Gemstones. Check out Greenleaf. Check out any other. You got a slew of stuff that, that was like announced. Well, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing The Banker soon. Oh, oh yeah. I auditioned for The Banker in this room. In this room? In this room. That was, I've only been in here one time, and that was with George and Oakley in this room. So hopefully... Yeah, I heard there was some drama. Yeah, my gosh. And it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Dang. Yeah, wonderful film. So, yeah. So, well, um, shout out again to RPM Casting, Megan Lewis, for yes. letting me sit in the audition room and, uh, and do this discussion. All right. Well, we're out. Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com.